But if you're trying to use gluten-free ingredients with a regular recipe, it's not going to go very well. Well, this didn't go very well either. And I'll post a picture <laughs> of the hockey puck of my oh, no. first attempt. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hug and a High Five. It's a mom and daughter podcast journal. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicky. I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five. Hello, Ingrid. Hello. Hello from day 34 as of this recording of um, quarantine. Epicenter, New York. Epicenter, Los Angeles, California. That's right. The coasts are getting hit hard first. Yes, but you are in the heart of it. You moved out of the steep part of it, which was uh, District 14. True. I'm not in Queens anymore. You're on the little edge of the deep center. <laughs> there, There's still plenty of hospitals around me. That's right. That are popping. So we decided to talk today about what life is like in quarantine in this unprecedented time of our lives that we have never faced before, but someday we may look back on and think... Maybe there'll be stories written about it, like the Chronicles of Narnia, when the children were shipped from the heart of London off to the countryside to live with their distant relative. You just get ready for all of the movies and the musical, I'm sure, is coming mm -hmm. about the coronavirus. Yes. Well, maybe you'll write it. Ooh. Hmm. I've never, <laughs> I've never really been one to write dystopias, but... We're living in one, so maybe I will. It doesn't have to. Chronicles of Narnia wasn't a dystopia. That's true. It was a beautiful fantasy. It was fantasy. a fantasy, but it was set during the bombs, bomb raids yeah. of World War II in England. I do just want to say, starting off, that I personally am very turned off by anyone that's talking about COVID-19 right now. So if you're, that's you, listener, like, I'm here with you, and I don't want to discourage you from listening to this because we happen to be talking about that because when I have clicked on something and like waded through the beginning of people talking about how hard this is, it's actually been really encouraging for me by the end to, to see that I'm not alone. Yes. But it is equally a little tiring to listen over and over and over again to how hard this is for like people and never. And so I hope that this conversation, we haven't had it yet, but I hope that it's encouraging and, and I don't think it's going to be like, ah, woe is me and the world is so terrible quite so much. Yeah, it, a lot has to do with our perspective. Certainly information overload is a thing and I have felt the inundation of overload, especially in along the lines of parenting and education tips mm. because yeah. I have... Which is most um, of this podcast. That's what I live in. <laughs> but uh, I, it is impressive for me to see how quickly the information has flown out and, mm. and people continually... I mean, within the first week, tons of information came out. So people were really speedy getting their information out. And then it's just continued to be a flow and people are developing new ways to support each other. So yes, listener, this is a positive perspective. We have the privilege of being able to take a positive perspective because we've been seeing a lot of good around us. We, at this point in our lives, are a little bit more distant to a lot of the tragedy surrounding it. Yeah. Uh, things could change tomorrow, but at, the, <laughs> at this point, 
in our life, we are separated a little bit from the direct tragedy of this pandemic. So we wanted to talk about our perspective and our lives and how things have shifted, what things are the same, what things we notice about our personalities bubbling to the top, which are kind Mm -hmm. of funny. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I made an interesting observation just of myself yesterday. As I was sitting on my half-made bed, I was changing the sheets, and I was sitting on the bed texting someone because a thought had come to mind while I was listening to a podcast. And Daddy walked in. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing many things like I usually do. (laughs) I'm doing many things all at once and not completely finishing anything. (laughs) And I just observed that, oh, actually that's true to form for me. So that's the way I behave all the time. I just like to seize the moment when it comes because it might not come later. And I give myself grace for that. That is a little bit ADD and I have learned how to work with it. Sometimes it's effective for me, sometimes not so effective. But when I can connect with with other people because of an inspiration, because a sentence somebody said reminded me of somebody else and I thought I'd drop them a line. I I like to act on that. That was a funny moment of awareness that I came to yesterday, which I haven't really thought about before, but I vocalized it yesterday. That's your P on the Myers-Briggs. Perceiving? Yes. Instead of of judging. Judging is like the planning out of all the things. And the the thought behind it is if you have a lot of planning in you, then it doesn't matter what is going to come throughout the rest of the day because I want to kind of know what to expect and plan it out. And the perceiving says, I don't want to plan it out because what if something better comes along? Oh, that has been the story of my life. Oh, yes. This is now happening. I was halfway through this, but this is better, so I'll do it now. You know, that's so interesting. I live with definite J's, and I have been on the fence between a P and a J, and I think I'm swinging back to the P, maybe to counterbalance all the J in my life. Sure. Yeah, (laughs) I think think your husband and all three of your kids are all J's. Yeah, and our housemate is a J. Oh, yeah. I believe. So, yeah, sometimes the pee in me just needs to shake out like a dog. Like, <laughs> ah, I had to get it out. It's stressful. It's good. To me. We need you. We need to be reminded that it's okay for change, plans to change. Yes. It's difficult, though, when I try to coach people on executive function. And the main thing about executive function that parents pull their hair out with their children is calendaring. And Mm -hmm. to-do lists and writing things down. And I say, yes, I agree with that. And then I think about my life and I'm like, uh, (laughs) I don't write everything down. It's stressful for me to write everything down Uh uh (laughs) and fatiguing. I would like to have a better grasp on how long long things take. And for that, I am really grateful for the husband in my life who is like, that's going to take you two hours, not one hour. And I think, oh, that's crazy. Oh, okay. I guess I'll still do it. (laughs) And then it does take you two hours. Yeah. But then you knew. Has there been a lot more schedule in your life? I know dad has talked about that quite a bit. All of the studies that say like, keep yourself on a schedule so you stay sane. Yes. And I will credit, I, you know what? I love a schedule when it is around me because it's relaxing. Mm. So our housemate loves to have a schedule and she plans out every hour of her day. She is one on the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. like your sister, and probably a J, although I don't know her Myers-Briggs, but she loves to have an hour by hour schedule. And so she said, my record all time is between six and seven (laughs) 30. Wow. We kind of laugh. Slip that in. (laughs) 
I'm glad I squeezed you. I'm in your, your plan. But it has been beautiful because we take a nightly walk mm-hmm. almost every night. And I have told people I feel like it's 1954 because there's so many families out riding bikes, walking down the middle of the street, strolling, mm. rain or shine. We've had in the past 30 days of quarantine, 34 days, we've probably had 20 days of rain, which is so uncharacteristic for Southern so California. Bizarre. Yeah, but it's been okay because people have wanted to stay inside more, but we take a stroll, we throw the football, we throw the softball, and that's really pleasant. Ironically, I have more clients for brain training than I've had before Mm -hmm. because people are interested in help for their kids while they're distance learning and they have the time for it. So my days are like kind of hour by hour, this child, this child, this child, Mm -hmm. which is a lot for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a full-time job. Yeah, and and sometimes the frustration threshold is lower for my clients and I get so fatigued by the end of the session because yeah. I'm doing all I can to be energetic and enthusiastic and supportive during a Zoom call. <laughs> so, mom, I totally get you there. I just thought about this because I hadn't connected them before, but You are. You're spending like six hours a day Mm -hmm. being cheerleader, consistent, positive, you know, like reframing everything Mm -hmm. for people who are highly frustrated. Yeah. And I am doing the exact same thing at Trader Joe's. Only you have to do it with a mask on. I do. Sometimes we get to watch you on the way home on the bus. For the past two weeks, you've had this purple mask and all we can see is your eyes. (laughs) My eyes and my eyebrows. It's like bandit Ingrid. Seriously, all of my manners and I were laughing the other day because we've all like created different ways to still look friendly under our mask. So I have focused on like squinting my eyes. Doesn't matter if I'm smiling, but if you squint, it looks like you're smiling. (laughs) Or you like really raise your eyebrows. I have a manager who just raises her shoulders up and tilts her head back a little bit, which is a kind of like, hey, situation. Um, It's like very cute and little cartoonish. You guys are all becoming better actors, physical actors. But it is, it's a lot of energy. Yes. To be consistent all day and to flip people that are like understandably scared and frustrated. Yeah. But don't know how to take it out except on you. And to take it and to learn, I was thinking about this yesterday, to learn how to be a a duck instead of a sponge. Oh, that's a good picture. The original analogy that you gave me when I was in elementary school and getting bullied the way that every kid Mm. does in some way. Yes. And you said, be like a duck. A duck has like oils in their feathers to let the water, water sweep off it instead mm-hmm. of soak into it. And I don't have very many terrible customers. Trader Joe's is pretty great. And I make a huge effort to enter positively and on a the same level, uh, commiserating, I guess, or like... Yeah, identifying. Identifying it with all the customers, you know? So people aren't so mean to me because I'm not mean to them. Validating their experience while being positive. But yesterday I was standing at the door um, just letting people in and out. And some lady came up the escalator to leave, looks right at me and says, I don't care how terrible the experience is here. Next week, your manager's not going to be here and walks out. What does that mean? It means that the manager told her to do something downstairs and she didn't like it. And she was going to try to go try to get him fired. Whoa. Which she was just crotchety. And the next customer came up behind me and said, are you okay? Like, thank you for being here. And it was like super kind about it. Wow. But it was... A lot to take in that moment. And I had, I really was like, all right, I got to be like a duck. I'm not a sponge. I'm a duck. That didn't have to do with me. Let it roll off. That is a powerful metaphor to share. I love that. I was such a clever mom when you were little, on occasion. You still are. (laughs) 
Anyway, that is interesting. Your sister at Trader Joe's in Minnesota has had some hard experiences too with really, really angry customers. And from behind her mask, which you get half the facial expression. Right. That's so tricky. I have taken to, I mean, I tried to be enthusiastic with my voice. And then I have tried to think about people like control. Of course, they like to control what they can. Right. So for my clients, my little clients that are elementary schoolers, I tried to give them as much control. So they use a timer Hmm. and they get to plan out their schedule. Now we have certain activities and procedures that I have have in mind for us to work through, but I let them put the order in. I let them break it up. I say, do you want to do this for two minutes? Do you want to do this for six minutes? It's always an oddball number. And Mm -hmm. um, I let them turn off and on the timer. So I try to hand over control when I can so that they don't feel so bullied or pushed around or anything like that because there's little to do. And I, I do try to give us physical brain breaks where after a procedure, we stand up and do 10 cross crawls or circle our arms. And yeah. I have taken to, because I've been sitting in this chair for six hours looking at a screen, I have taken to tilting my screen up or down and um, pushing my chair aside and doing like 30 second squats or uh-huh. 75 tendus or Good. <laughs> releves. You know, I just keep my body moving on the screen while my clients are doing something on their end. Oh, wow. That's awesome, huh? Which keeps me attentive. Yeah, yeah. It's how I stay sane on my side. So what else is it like being in the epicenter? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Everyone's like, New York is the epicenter of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And my first response, which is actually true for a lot of things in my life the last few years, has been, well, I don't know any different. So is it scary here? Yes. But I I don't know what it's like to live in this pandemic in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So we don't all go on walks all the time because there are too many people in Manhattan to go on walks all the time. Mm. So there's a lot more inside time unless I choose to go to the park. Um, My experience so far has been, I know blessed by the fact that I'm an essential worker just as much as it's troublesome because I am still earning money and most people mm-hmm. in an hourly job are not. Mm-hmm. I don't live in an affluent neighborhood and I, I'm like working with other people like myself who are not affluent particularly. And so there's a lot of stories around me of people super struggling and out of a job. Yeah. Um, so I'm really thankful that I am not one of those people. It also gives me a schedule of sorts, which is mundane, but so is everyone's. Yeah. Uh, right now. I laughed yesterday. I said, I feel like I just get up, realize I have nothing for dinner tonight, scramble to find something to eat, and then I go to work. And there's like two hours in the middle with it where I am just like figuring out how to take these random things in my kitchen and make them a full meal, which has gone remarkably well by the end of things. That's very creative. I was thinking as I was standing at my counter chopping yesterday that in some regard, this is kind of like camping because when you camp, your life is reduced to the essentials. It's like hmm. relaxation, recreation time, and foraging for food. That's <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So I was like, ah, in regard, like one way, this is a little bit like camping. A little bit like the original hunter-gatherers. I do like the idea of the creative outlet, like even creative outlets with regard to food. Like we, mm. we're we not going to go to the grocery store at the drop of a hat. So what do I have in my pantry, in my basement shelves, in my refrigerator or freezer that I haven't pulled out? We, we've pulled out mm-hmm. things that were kind of in the recesses of our freezer. <laughs> 
mean, like, it's time to use yeah. these. Yesterday, I pulled out some different flowers, gluten-free flowers that I have probably had for way too long. I won't say how long. <laughs> I, I'm, I was like, I'm going to try to make something with these. We have this Ebelskiver pan, which is this little balls. They make puff balls of bread, puff dough balls of bread and Ebelskiver. It's are, kind of like a small muffin pan, right? Yeah. But it's yeah, circular? Yeah. Yeah, it's a half circle. It's a half circle. It's, okay. it's a Danish, almost like a Danish donut. But I was using a vegan, gluten-free grain recipe yesterday. Oh, the recipe was vegan and gluten-free? Yes. Okay, that's helpful. Well, and all my and all my ingredients. Well, yeah, but if you're trying to use gluten-free ingredients with a regular recipe, like it's not going to go very well. Oh, well, this didn't go very well either. And oh. I'll uh, post a picture of the <laughs> hockey puck of my first attempt. <laughs> My first attempt of the Evelskiver, I was being attentive. Usually my problem for why things burn is because I walk away and I forget about it because I multitask and then that doesn't go well. I was watching it the whole time and the top side of my little puff balls were not finished cooking, but I didn't realize that the bottom side was turning black as a hockey puck. And I turned them over and they were like charred black, but the inside was still doughy. And I just was like, ah, this was an epic fail. So I I picked myself up, dusted myself off and started all over again. I used the same batter. I didn't throw my batter out, but I put only a teaspoon in instead of a tablespoon. I sprayed the pan. I turned the heat down even lower and I tried three more times. So four times all together. Wow. My third round of little Ebelskivers were the best, but they were not ideal. They were a vehicle for syrup. You are working with a very old oven. Stove, yeah. Wait, you would do it on the stove? Yeah, it's a pan. It's like a frying pan with little divots oh, in I it. Th- I was picturing it in the oven. It's like a it's like a waffle iron. You know, like our krumkaka, our Norwegian krumkaka iron that yeah. sits on top of the stove and it's kind of lightweight and it can burn the krumkaka easily. I see. So this one doesn't, it doesn't have a lid, but right. it's like a frying pan with little divots in it. Little Aren't you supposed to like flip them halfway through or something? Yeah, you have to flip them halfway through and kind of turn them over. But the bottom side has to be solid, it has to have developed a kind of a skin in order to flip them. So the, it's a fine line of the heat getting too hot or mm-hmm. too low. And it was quite an experiment. Good for you, mom. Why why not? That's a full Saturday. It was an exercise in not giving up. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Having the gross mindset and not a fixed mindset. (laughs) That's fantastic. How about you? You're another thing that you're missing, uh, which is really sad, and I feel so sad for you about is physical affection. I miss hugs so much. Well, you had the situation in the past 30 days where one of your housemates, your apartment mates, actually had the coronavirus. As far as we understand, yeah, there's no tests here. So um, it didn't really get that, you know, confirmed, but she had all of the symptoms and we quarantined her and her half of the house. And we had been social distancing already for a while. And according to the CDC, essential workers, workers should still go to work until they have symptoms. And so I wore gloves 100% of the time and like never touched my physical skin to anything outside of my house. So I still went to work. But I, yeah, that's what we were doing, which meant that I really couldn't have any physical contact. 
And this week, I found myself feeling very flirty, (laughs) which is not really like me. I'm a very bubbly person, um, especially at work when I'm kind of like on and silly. But I found myself feeling very flirty with lots of people lately. And I think it's just because my body's like, oh, like, (laughs) like, I know I couldn't have physical contact even if I was going to get in some sort of relationship right now. But my body inside, my hormones don't know that. And they're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, a potential mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is sad. Meanwhile, I'm reading a book called uh, Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. And they, they talk about the stress cycle, completing the stress cycle, which I might have already mentioned, but you need to give a 20 second. One of the ways to complete the stress cycle is to mm-hmm. give a 20 second hug standing on both of your own weight. Like, so you're not bearing someone else's burden. You're not burden. bearing someone else's weight. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you're bearing your own weight, but you're giving to someone else and holding it for 20 seconds. So we have actually instituted that in our house. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys have more physical contact. We do because we're intentional about it. So, Which is really beautiful. Not that I have a shortage of that for my husband, but I will say that we have had more intimacy, but my with Audrey and our housemate, Brittany. I've said time for a 20 second hug. (laughs) And I wouldn't do that in the normal course of life. But But maybe you will now. I know that it is so important to release that stress cycle. And uh, it's hard for me to see that for you. I mean, there's some, it's lovely to see you on the, on the screen, but that physical touch is irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable. When I first moved to New York, you told me all the time that you're supposed to have like 13 hugs or something for great mental health. Oh yeah. And I told one of my, my very first friend at Trader Joe's, I was just, had just been there like months or something, but I told her that and we kind of laughed about it because it's like a random number and it was a kind of funny thing for you to be kind of hounding me about because I didn't have any friends to ask that of. Yeah. But she... She took that on and would just randomly throughout the day be like, mental health hug, just tell your mom I did it. And would give me hugs throughout the day, which is like such a gift. And now I look at Victoria and I'm like, "Ah, just give her a wave and even we can to like help each other out there. That is hard. Yes. So that's a kind of funny thing. As far as like the flirting goes, obviously that wouldn't be professional at work and that's not something I'm really going to do. I just have to be aware of it now, which I have never been before. I have to like think through all the reasons that I really wouldn't want to date any of these people. So I have to like hold back there and just be a friend. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Well, this is an opportunity for people to get to know each other on a personal level without the physical getting in between. There's a lot of funny memes actually about, there was one I've seen a couple times that imagined a child in the future going, mom, how'd you and dad meet? And the mom saying, well, your dad and I met on Hinge and we FaceTimed every day for eight weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That is interesting. All the quarantine relationships. There will be interesting stories about that coming up in the future. Right. What about physical exercise? You and I used to video exercise a lot and we've kind of gotten out of that habit. Is it a habit we could get back into? Because we certainly, this is the way I was thinking about that yesterday. I, yeah, I was going to ask you what your schedule was. This week, I, I've exercised a lot more and I'm sore today and I'm happy about it. Good. What did you do? My friend Sierra shared a, a YouTube channel. What's it called? Like, bar workouts ballet bar oh, pop sugar fitness is the name of the website oh okay i mean it's on it's on youtube but that's the channel pop sugar fitness and they do a lot of no weight or low equipment workouts and a lot of them are bar workouts b-a-r-r-e mm-hmm yeah. Which is sort of the fad right now to do like ballet bar, but have it be just fitness. Yeah. Which is funny because I did a class yesterday and the lady leading it was like, all right, now do a grand plie. And I was like, what <laughs> did you just say? 
<laughs> you are not a dancer. That's uh. uh, <laughs> why so I did a grand plie. Very good. But it's actually, yeah, that's helped get me going. The week before Easter, I didn't really work out. And boy, did it make my mental health drown all week. I felt sluggish and sad and I didn't have any of those endorphins. That's what it takes. Physical activity is another way to complete the stress cycle. So 30 minutes of cardio or right. intense exercise is good. I yesterday did a hit workout and we got a trampoline in our backyard oh, yeah. last fall. And so yesterday when I was doing my hit workout, I thought I'm going to do this hit workout on a trampoline. <laughs> That'll be That's interesting. Extra work for my legs. Yeah. Cause of the rebound factor. It's actually easier on the back to do the jumping. Oh, that makes sense. It helps to absorb the shock. Yeah. And I have wanted to protect my back from the jumping. So I have a mini trampoline that I use for my clients and I've been jumping on that and I've been jumping onto a box nice. and, and that is that doesn't work. Wow, it's okay. finding new ways to exercise with the tools that we have. I've seen a lot of people use, you know, like instead, if you don't have weights, what do you use to wait for weights? So they use soda bottles and wine bottles and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I put water in anything. It's heavy. Right. And I have just a few stretchy bands, which work for everything too. That's true. That's what we did yesterday. It was a band workout. It got me. Oh, that's good. What about books? Have you started reading or listening to any different audio books? I'm reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time <laughs> at the age of 23. It is a good thing to have a, a long series to read right now. <laughs> it's really sweet, actually. I realized I, I've connected a little bit with my college friends, which I haven't done very much in the last two years. I was talking to my college roommate and we're both reading Harry Potter for the very first time and we didn't know it. And we're on the same chapter of book six. Wow. So we got to like talk through it, which was very cool. That is fun. Yeah. Harry Potter especially is fun. It's cool to jump into a culture that everyone else is already a part of and start to like feel like you're a part of it. I remember mm -hmm. friends of mine coming to school like blurry eyed one day in junior high because they had stood outside of Barnes and Noble until midnight and got the book. Yes. Yeah. It's just so cool that they did that for books too. And as soon as you get to work, like I get to work and I like put all my stuff down in the break room and I've got this giant book in my hand and people are like, oh, like, what are you reading? And then yeah. I turn it around and they're like, oh yes, Harry Potter. And <laughs> they get excited about where I am and who do I like so far. And I've seen all the movies, but only once and a couple years ago. I know the general plot lines. You can't really give me like a giant spoiler, but I don't know how things get there. Yeah. And the books are far more detailed than the movies. Right, of course. So that is so fun. What a nice thing to have. After this, I want to start listening to the podcast, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Oh. Which um, has been mentioned to me before. And it is, as far as I understand, two people that work through all of the Harry Potter books in exegetical form. Oh, how funny. As if they were doing a biblical exegesis. Yeah. Exegesis is like the, the deep study of the Bible and the way that you put it in context and then use its context to inform your current context so you don't take the Bible out of context. And uh, they do it for Harry Potter. <laughs> that is really interesting. <laughs> as if it's a sacred text. So it's Harry Potter and the sacred text. We watched episode three last night and I was commenting to daddy this morning and how um, the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa, that, that storyline, that has a lot of twists that particular episode. Oh my gosh, yes. Book three. Yeah. I read the end of book three while I was sick. Oh no. So I had like cloudy sick brain and then all of the characters like switched. Like so much happens. Yeah. I really was like, am I dreaming this? Is this, I can't, 
I can't follow because I'm not thinking correctly. Yeah, because what you thought was good was bad and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's that one in particular is a very uh, spellbinding story. No pun intended. We are going to start to read as a family the book Because of Winn-Dixie, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Minnesota as a state (laughs) is reading the book Because of Winn-Dixie because the author is from Minnesota. So they chose a state book and you can get copies at the library and the bookstore. And there's going to be discussion guides and Zoom hangouts together on Because of Winn-Dixie. So we decided to read that book. It is like a third grade book. We read it. I I read it to you guys when you were little. It was a a school book, but it's a sweet story. And we're going to read that together and have our own little book club which will be fun it'll be so fun and then ellen hopefully will have other people in her state of minnesota that are also reading it to connect with i've noticed a little bit of mask fashion now that we're 34 days into wearing masks constantly yes um which is kind of funny that that's a thing i thought about it about a week ago going i bet there's gonna start to be like sort of little fashion statements in the masks that we wear which it only happens in minuscule portions because not everyone has a mask still and so that's like a big deal to you can't just be like being frivolous about masks however are people in manhattan wearing scarves or bandanas though i mean everywhere you go in public you have to have your face covered don't you yeah yeah, yeah exactly so there's we're still like scrounging for for things but at trader joe's for instance we all all are required to wear masks to work and Trader Joe's issued us masks but then a lot of people have grandparents making masks and sending Mm. them to them and all those kind of things so it's kind of fun to see every few days you see like someone has a new pattern the Mm. earliest issue of the Trader Joe's masks were just like cotton masks like the one I have Mm -hmm. made by the company that makes our Mm t-shirts then there was a second layer which is a Hawaiian print for Trader Joe's. Yeah you should get a Hawaiian print one. I was wondering if you you could draw with a Sharpie a smile on your mask because yours is a solid mm-hmm. color. Well, that's true. I could draw one on there. We've talked about that. And then I could like flip it over if I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> the frowny mask. <laughs> so at Trader Joe's now, as of two days ago, we had to require everyone who enters the store to have a mask or something covering their face. Otherwise, they can't even come in. Oh. So there's this new job where for an hour of a day, I stand outside and help people to go home if they don't have a mask on. Oh, that's interesting. We've had that in California for about a week. Maybe it's just because I was like off for a few days, but I only oh. was introduced to it like two days ago. Yeah, we have uh, employee guards at every store door now and signs. Exactly. Whatever store you go to. We went to the hardware store yesterday and they had a big sign out front that says please put Mm. your mask on before entering the people are getting really creative they're using a lot of sleeper eye masks around their nose and mouth that's interesting they've got ski masks halloween costume batman masks (laughs) oh some people when they realize that they need something to cover their face and they don't have anything they just turn their hoodie the other way so that the hood is facing them and they like pull the strings tight around their mask around their face some people just take off their sweatshirt all together and just like tie it around their head one man that didn't have one was a little disgruntled about it and was like where am I gonna get a mask right now like no one has masks anymore and I was like you're right like a lot of people are being creative here are some of the things they're doing like you could just I see you have a jacket on you could take it off whatever he was like well that made me look silly and I was like yeah a lot of people look silly right now <laughs> and <laughs> I really don't look silly one. with my mask yeah 
Totally. I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Good job being enthusiastic and being an essential worker. Well, definitely our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to the people that are really suffering with this virus, people that have lost family members. We grieve with them. I have a good friend who was sick for four weeks and she said she's only just getting out of bed and her whole family got sick, but she got the sickest and was taken to the hospital several times. We have friends that are uh, doctors who now live separate from the rest of their family, doctors and nurses, because Mm -hmm. They just don't want to daily quarantine. And I have friends that Clorox clean, wipe off every single bag from the grocery store when they get it. So it is serious and we don't want to take it lightly. But these these are our daily experiences, what life is like for us, kind of on the fringes of the deep sickness. We are grateful for all the work that people have done. And we're grateful for our health. We're grateful to God for the health we have and for the opportunity to have the vitamins and be healthy and reach out and connect with other people as we can. Gratitude is so helpful and important. I wrote down a little word art of all my gratitudes today, which maybe I put up whenever this comes out. So all Instagram, you can see some of the things we're all trying to do to stay positive each day and um, stay stay thankful. Yeah. So let us know what, yeah. what you do for staying yeah. positive and grateful. All over the world. And the creative yeah. things that you're doing. Well, Ingrid, I wish I could give you a physical touch in-person hug and high five, but I give you a distant hug and high five. I love you. I love you too, mama. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week.